0: We're going to carry on today with part number four of our series on blessed and highly favoured. Are you enjoying the series? Uh, I'm certainly enjoying the series because I like thinking about being blessed and highly favoured. And, you know, in order to understand this, we go into the life of Abram. And if this is your first time in hearing part of this series, I would really encourage you to go online and catch up. Because these series are always a, a, um, a progression And it's a bit like, you know, if you teach maths, you can't understand advanced maths until you've got basic maths. You can't understand, I don't know, you understand the principle there. You can't go ahead of stuff. Now, of course, God will always speak in the moment, but, you know, lives get built. And we build precept upon precept, uh, life of God's word upon God's word. So I'm going to encourage you to go back. The first time I really spoke on this was back in December. And I just did a single message called Blessed and Highly Favored. And then we kicked off on January the 5th and then the 12th. And then today, I think it's the 19th. Is that? No, not 5th. The 2nd, the 9th and the 16th. That's what it was. And so this is really part number four. We're going to turn in our Bibles to the 14th chapter of... um, Genesis the same passage we were in last week but we only really read the first bit and uh, man that was a strong one last week about encountering the high priest Melchizedek and it says from verse 18 and we're going to read down to verse 23 then Melchizedek king of Salem we found out that was the king of Shalom the king of wholeness I know we're all tired now because we've been jumping but come on the king of wholeness come on Wow, nothing missing, nothing broken in every part of our lives. He brought out bread and wine and we found out that happened. That was like a business lunch. It didn't all start with the, you know, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ on the Last Supper. Didn't actually start at the Passover. Bread and wine was like a covenant lunch. It's what they did. When two parties agreed something, they ate the bread and the wine. Boom, that was it. It was settled forever. So there'd been all sorts of promises coming out and out comes the man of God. In this, he was priest of God most high. He was the one there on behalf of God to say, God is having a meal with you, Abram. And Abram's like, wow, I've done this over pieces of land. I've done this over business deals. I've never done this with the possessor of heaven and earth. So he's coming in to a friendship, capital F, Friendship with God. To be a friend of God is to be a covenant partner with God. Which moves God every time and moves us because it puts us in partnership. Jesus said, no longer do I call you servants, but now I call you my friends because a servant is ignorant of what God does but a friend is a partner with what God does come on you getting anything out of this already wow have you ever thought of that verse which has been so i, I it's great to interpret the word of God in so many ways but but you know there's a truth to some things you know when the bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend so many people think that's when your enemy sorry your friend gives you a kick it'll do you good. It's not what it means. You know what the wounds of a friend are? The wounds of a friend are the covenant marks. I could put it like this. Faithful is the ring of my wife. Hello? Faithful are the wounds of a friend. You see, a covenant is something where a knife is used to make an incision. Used to be, you know, in the old days when people, you know, thank, thank God for the ring. Because before the ring was a knife and a thumb. Used to get a knife and cut a ring around your thumb. Then they used to get some dirt or something, rub it in, make it really fester and look great so you had a nice Ring, scar ring about around your thumb. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Now we've made it all nice. Aren't you glad for rings? You got a ring on? I don't know if you wear a ring or whatever. Some people do rings. Faithful are the rings of a married couple. Okay, it's Faithful. faithful are the wounds of a friend. Who is our friend? Jesus. He is our covenant partner. Faithful are the wounds of our covenant partner, Jesus Christ. What are the wounds of our covenant partner, Jesus Christ? Well, there's one in that hand There's one in that hand. There's one in each foot through the ankles. And there's a whole load of stripes down his back. Faithful are the healing wounds of our friend, Jesus Christ. They will always heal. They will always redeem. They will always set free. They will always bring freedom into people's lives. Faithful are the wounds of your covenant friend, Jesus Christ. Come on, we're going to have a three-second praise break right now. One, two, three. Boom! Yes, God! Faithful are the wounds of Jesus Christ. Faithful are the wounds of our friend. Well, Abram became the friend of God. And God became the friend of Abram. And now the title of Abram was Abram of God. And God's title was God of Abram. That's what happened when this whole bread and wine deal went on. And Abram became righteous. Now, I know it says later down in chapter 15, he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Things always happen in a progression, but it happened here with the bread and wine. Righteousness. We've had dinner together. That's it. We're in right relationship right now. God of Abram, Abram of God. And the high priest, he says, he blessed him and said... Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Now the reason why he put in the title of God there, possessor of heaven and earth, he could have said anything. He could have said God most high. He could have said God your healer. He could have said God your redeemer. He could have used anything because all those are true. But he said possessor of heaven and earth because that's what the dinner was about. God had given heaven and earth to Adam. Adam had given it away to Satan. So now God was starting to get it back now God is final authority of course God never lost being supreme ruler of all creation but man had lost it man had lost it given it away Adam was possessor of heaven and earth clearly Psalm 8 God put everything into man's hands everything God made he gave to man Man gave it away to Satan in Acts chapter 3. And God said, right, from this moment, I'm going to work on a seed to get it all back again. (laughs) And so he starts to work with Abram. And so the word he gives Abram is, okay, here comes a dinner and you're having dinner with the possessor of heaven and earth. And now you are Abram of God and God is the God of Abram. Abram, now you are coming into covenant, friendship, partnership with the possessor of heaven and earth because everything that Adam lost, you're going to get back. Possessor of heaven and earth. And that got into his mind, into his spirit first, of course, it was the word of God coming in. And it got into his his mind, it got into his words, it got in. You see, if you have an encounter with God and you hear from God that God is your healer, the next conversation I have with you, you're gonna say, God's my healer. Hello? Because you just God's really just spoken to you about that. And what it goes in has got to come out. So let's see what Abram's got hold of here from the word of God. And Blessed be Abram of God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high. You see, each party now is blessed. Because now God's no longer on the outside looking in. God now has a body. He now has a body in the earth. The body of Abram. His covenant partner. See, he had Adam's body. uh, Adam's, Adam's flesh. He filled that, he filled Adam and Eve, but then he had to leave Adam and Eve. Are you getting anything out of this? God had to leave out from Adam and Eve. And into Adam and Eve came death. So God wanted a body back. Now we know the body that he he wanted was the body of his son Jesus Christ. But he started with Abram because he started to make promises to somebody in order to bring his son in. Blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Now that's where we stopped last week. But we're going to carry on and Abram gave God a tithe of everything he had. Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. This is on the back of a victory in a a battle. And so the king is saying, thanks very much. I know it's Sodom, and we always think it's bad, 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 and it it is. But here, there was, you know, Sodom, the king was saying, thank you for getting Lot out and winning the war. Because Abram came in and won the war for him, really. So he said, listen, I'm going to give you stuff. I'm going to say thank you. Here's stuff now. Are you ready? And he says, give me the persons back, but take all the goods for yourself. Just give me back the people that were stolen from my tribe, But you can have all the stuff. Now look at this. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God, most high possessor of heaven and earth. (laughs) See, it got in him. It got in him. Something needs to get in us sometimes. Something needs to get in us. It may be a title of God, but it needs to be a title of God that we receive and comes out of our mouth. It may say that he's your healer, but it needs to be God, my healer. (laughs) It may say in the Bible, God is the one who meets your needs, but hey, he's my God who meets all my needs. I've had a dinner with God about this. We're now covenant partners. I've raised my hand to the Lord God, most high possessor of heaven and earth. That I won't take anything from you, from a thread to a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, King of Sodom, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. (laughs) Today, I want to talk about faith that responds. Faith that responds. See, often when we think about faith, we think about faith that believes, or faith that has a strong element that we trust God. Faith that believes, faith faith that uh, trusts in a situation. But if we're going to walk in the footsteps of the faith of Abram, then it's important that we do faith like Abram did faith. And Abram's faith was not just a believing faith, In fact, we're going to find out, is it next week or the week after? that The time when Abram just believed God, it caused a real problem. 25 years of problem. Just because he believed. You see, often we think faith just believes. Well, no, that's why you have two different words, faith that believes. There's faith and there's belief. Two different words. They don't mean the same thing. See, belief means I believe. You know, I'm, I'm 57 years old, and um, I know I don't look that. I've been married for 35 years to this wonderful lady here. I've got three boys, Chris, who's 27. I've got, um, who's the next one? Michael, who's 19. And I've got Stephen, who's 16. Okay? Isn't that great? Don't you love that? I love my family. Well, you know what? Do you believe me? Yeah, you believe me. I've just lied to you on so many counts there. You see? I've not been married for 35 years. I've been married for 34 years. Chris is not 27. He's 26. Okay, the next one, the Michael. is not 19. He's 20. And Stephen is not 16. He's 15 but you believed me. Why did you believe me? Because you didn't know the truth. You can believe anything. You can believe stuff. Christians believe all sorts of junk. (laughs) Believe all sorts of junk and go off on this extreme and that extreme. You know, you get into deliverance, and I believe in deliverance, casting out demons. But you make that your main thing, you can get off into all sorts of deception. Hello? Because all you're doing is thinking about the devil all the time. Just a comment. Where will you see deliverance in the church, Pastor Jay, well, how about we start with you? <laughs> Amen, that critical spirit. Is that all right? <laughs> Anyway, moving right along. So belief and faith are two different things. See, that's why the world believes, but the church has faith. You can believe in God and never receive him as your Lord and Savior. You can believe that Jesus died for you. Never be a Christian. The devil believes the whole thing, and he certainly ain't saved. See, faith is something very, very different. Faith has got a response to it. Faith, faith will do something, not because we believe something, but because we've heard something. Is this okay? We've heard something. See, belief is mind. Faith is heart. And the more you know the truth in your heart, the less you believe the lie. So faith is something that responds. Faith in the Bible is called so many things. I'm not doing a faith series here. That's not what this is about. It's about blessed and highly favoured. But today's about responding by faith. Faith is is a dozen things in the Bible. The Bible says faith is a seed. Faith is your servant. It will do what you tell it because faith is stuff. Faith is a gift. Faith is spirit. You actually receive faith. Faith, it's not belief, it's faith. It's something you have, you can release, like a mechanic will use a tool. I can use my faith to do stuff, and it will do what I tell it to. Faith is fruit, it's something we produce. Faith is world overcoming. Faith is genuine, it's not counterfeit, it's genuine, it's real. And faith, the Bible says, is like precious faith which means it'll do the same thing as the person who said that and the person who said that was Peter and he said my faith I got from Jesus. So we got the same faith as Jesus Christ himself that will do the same thing. When Jesus said peace be still his faith calmed the wind and the waves. He sent his faith out to do it, and now I've got that same faith because it's not my faith. I didn't put my faith in Jesus, I believed in him and I received him, and he put his spirit gift of faith in me. How I use it determines how much it grows and how many wind and waves obey me. Because if I've just got a little bit in there, I just have a little bit of faith, Pastor Jan, it'll be good. No, Jesus never said have a little bit of faith. In fact, when he found people with a little bit of faith, he said, Oh, you have little faith, what the heck are you doing? Hello? He never congratulated little faith. What he did say is if you have faith as a mustard seed, plant it and it'll grow to the biggest tree. Hello? So it doesn't matter where you start as long as it's growing. Look at someone say, grow your faith. Okay. Faith doesn't grow all by itself. Faith doesn't just fall on our heads or just arrive and because, oh, God's given that person a lot of faith. No, he hasn't. He's given us all the same amount of faith, just someone else has grown it. It's like if you give me a, a, you know, what's the word? Dumbbell, like a a thing. If I have two of them, one for this arm and one for that arm, but I leave that one on the floor and I just keep on using this one, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? This one's going to grow and that one ain't. I can't blame the dumbbell. I can't blame the person who gave me the dumbbell. I can't say, well, that person gave me muscles. No, he didn't. I just used it on this arm and I didn't use it there. That's why some people are outstanding in healing because they've developed faith for healing, but they have a financial challenge. They've never picked it up. They've never heard the word of God about finances or perhaps there's a salvation issue. Ah, yeah, I can believe God for anybody to be saved and I'm in the right place at the right time and look at me, look, thousands of people got saved through me but healing comes up and they're like, I can't even lift my arm, they fall apart when a cough happens. Hello? And yet other people have got that healing thing so pumped up, it's like, devil, (laughs) throw a bigger one at me, this is fun. You with me? See, this stuff is, for every promise, there's a level of faith. No, little, weak, strong, great. Each one has different, I mean, you need to come to Academy to get hold of that one. I'll do like a couple of hours on all the different levels of faith and, uh, you know, how you know what you got. Just a couple of points here, Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Is that what it says? No. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. Can I say it in the Melfi paraphrase? So then faith is ignited, comes by hearing God. and developing a sensitive. Ear to God comes by reading the word. See, I can quote the word of God here today, and some people hear it, some people don't. The ones that hear it, faith can come. It's the hearing that that is the important thing here. Not the hearing, the hearing. Faith comes by hearing God on the inside, and hearing is developed as we spend time in God's Word. So if you don't spend time in God's Word, I'm not going to trust what you say you've heard from God. Hello? Oh, Pastor Jay, God spoke to me about this. And I'll do a little bit of delving. When's the last time you read your Bible? <laughs> oh, five minutes yesterday. Well, fine. That's, that's fine. We've all got busy lives. And then the last time was October. I'm sorry, I'm not interested in what you think you've heard. Is this okay? Isn't it interesting? Don't go there, Melfi. Faith comes as we develop a hearing heart by spend time, spending time in God's Word. And the second thing I want to say today is 1 Thessalonians 1, three. Your faith grows exceedingly. I, I love, I, I love this, this heart of Paul. He says this. I rejoice every time I think about you and I pray for you and it's awesome and you're a great church, the Thessalonian church. Can I say city gate church? Is that all right? Anybody want to be included in this because it's a good verse? Anybody? I thank my God because your faith grows exceedingly and your individual love towards one another abounds. What a great testimony over a church. You can find some churches, they're cold, they're dead, they are, they've got the Jezebel there, you've got all sorts of stuff, but the Thessalonian, we've had a couple of those, but the, but the Thessalonian, but not, not anymore, but anyway, um, the Thessalonian church, some of you think you're married to Jezebel, you're not, you're not, it's okay, you're not, you just need to humble yourself a little bit, <laughs> just a word, I don't know, if the cap fits, go and get your catches <laughs> But uh, to have this testimony, your faith is growing and your love is abounding towards everybody. And that's corporate faith and individual love. Absolutely brilliant. So, So faith comes and faith grows. When God speaks, we hear faith comes, but we need to respond in faith or else the birds of the air will come and take it away. Okay? Or strangle it or choke it, or burn it. we got to do something. we got to say something. We've got to give something. we got to release something. And as a result of what we do at the point of the revelation will determine how much the faith grows. Okay? At the point God speaks, that's the point that determines. What are we going to do with what God has said? What are we going to do? What's our response? Well, today I'm speaking on the response of faith. Faith that response. There must be a faith response. What did that look like with Abram? Well, that was dependent on what God said. What had God said? God had said, Blessed be God, sorry, be Abram of God the possessor of heaven and earth. That's what God had said. Yeah? So we're going to see Abram's faith response on that. See, some people respond when God hasn't spoken. And some people have God speak and they don't respond. You've got to add your response to what God has actually said. What did God say? Blessed be Abram of God. Abram, son of God. And God, and now Abram, is the possessor of heaven and earth. So I want to see a response from what God has said. Because that's what I'm interested in. The word's been sent. Has Abram heard it? If he's heard it, what does he do about it? We hear 52 sermons a year on a Sunday. We're online. I hear probably a couple of three messages every day. In my Bible. And then i got my wife preaching at me all the time. <laughs> and it's all good it's all good. So there's a lot of word going in. Now, not everything that goes in gets heard. May go in these ears, but you know in the middle of a message, boom, that one line, that one verse just jumps. Everything else is renewing your mind. Everything else is healing your body. Everything else is sorting out your character. But when God speaks, boom, now I've got to do something. He may not speak like that every day. Well, no, actually. God has God speaks like that all the time. But it's when we hear. Can I put it that way around? Like, you know, if I had an aerial up right now, I could tune into KISS FM. But I can't hear it right now because my aerial's not tuned. You understand me? Do you remember the old days of tuning the television? We well, to have to tune it. You didn't. I mean, we, we got a new tell and you pressed a button and it went straight to it. and you could program it button on BBC1 and button on BBC2. In the old days, we had a dial that went through the frequencies until you it's coming, It's coming, It's coming. we there. And then it's like you had to move the aerial about, and sometimes you end up that's, that, that, that's the aerial. It's like that's it. That's it. Don't move. Who remembers the days? Don't move. And I watched the whole film like this. (laughs) I hope your spiritual life ain't like that. I hope you got some buttons pressed right now. You know, you got, well, I know where the healing is. Boom. I know where the freedom is. Boom. So, our response determines our outcome. Our receiving, our growing, our victory, our healing. Got to be a faith response. Well, it's dependent on what we hear. Abram just had been just declared righteous. Just been given heaven and earth as a word. He would now be treated as a son of God possessor of heaven and earth. So I'm going to look for the response of Abram and we can apply this to absolutely every part of our life. What's the first thing that Abram did? You ready for this? Three things Abram did. Very clearly in God's word. And these are general rules, general uh, um, principles of responding to God, even though they can be a little bit specific to what had been said. So these are general principles. Number one, Abram, he gave. First thing, first thing he did, Melchizedek came out, said, blessed, 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 blessed. And Abram gave Melchizedek a tithe of everything. Abram gave. Everybody say, Abram gave. Okay, now this was, the first thing you do is your immediate faith, it's that, boom, i got to do something. When somebody scores, the first thing you do is, yes! If it's the enemy team, it's like, boom! Ah! Your response, the first thing you do comes straight out. Comes straight out. Now, what had been said about God, possessor of heaven and earth? Now, again, going into the covenant series, which I have not got time to go into. When you enter into a covenant, there's an exchange. Everything I have, I give to you. Everything you have, you give to me. There is an exchange, all sorts of exchanges in our, in our incredible relationship with God. I give him my filthy robes of unrighteousness. He gives me his royal robes of righteousness. I don't have any armour. He gives me the armour of God. I don't have a name. He gives me the name of Jesus Christ. I mean, there is, there is an exchange in the most amazing way. Everything I have becomes God's and everything God has becomes mine. We're co-heirs. We're joint together. What is Abram, he is the possessor of certain things. He's got land. He's coming into the promised land, but that, that was only just happening. He was great. He had servants. He gave you know, stuff to Lot. and da, 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 da. He, he, he was a good man. He was a great man. He was wealthy, the Bible says, in gold and silver. But God is the possessor of heaven and earth. So if you want, you know, strictly, what Abram would have done is get, everything he had, pile it all up and say, God, we now own this. Did you hear that? We now own this. And God would bring in everything, or the other partner would bring in everything they have and put it down and say, Abram, we now own this. So for God, it was heaven and earth. So God brings into this covenant meal, heaven and earth, puts it there, Everything God has, God says, Abram, we now own this. I hope you're hearing this. We now own this. Does Abram own half of it? Does Abram have to ask for any of it? It's all his. And it's all God's. Abram brings in his stuff and says, God, it's all yours and it's all mine. Now, God couldn't physically bring heaven and earth to a dinner table. Because heaven and earth can't move. But it's there. But it was at the dinner table. Abram didn't bring in 300 servants and all his gold and silver But he said, you know what I'm going to do, which was normal practice. This happened when people made a covenant. He said, you know what? As a response that all of this is now ours, I'm going to actually transfer you 10%. So he goes and gets 10% of everything he has. And he brings it out. He doesn't bring everything, but he puts it on the dinner table. I hope you're getting this. He puts it on the dinner table and says... Everything is ours, but as a token, there's 10% that I actually want you to have. Doesn't stay on the table, goes into your pocket. And that says everything. See, you hear people say about the tithe and the 90%, the 10%. God's really generous. He said, just give me 10 and the rest you can do what you want with. It's just not true. It's all God's. It's all God's. And we say to... To show you that everything now is in your hands and you can say whatever you want to, you know, to do with it. I'm going to transfer you 10% that you hold on to. It's yours. Now, this was his, the first thing he did. Why? Because Abram had just realized, I've just been given heaven and earth. I've just been given heaven heaven and earth. If somebody came in to your situation and said, there's a million quid, how difficult would it it be for you to give them a hundred? See, people don't tithe because they don't realize what they've been given. Ah, but tithing's under the law. No, it's not. This was Abram way before the law. Nothing to do with the law. This was covenant. This was relationship dinner. Nothing to do with the law. It was what they did. And Jacob. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that was a tithe. There's a Hebrew word, kerem, which means cursed if you touch it, but blessed if God touches it. If you spend it, it's cursed and it'll kill you. But if God spends it, or if, God, if you do what God wants, it'll prosper you. Kerem, same word, only used for the tithe in the Bible and the tree. And the tithe is something, well, God has said there's everything. And I go, no. No, I can't afford that. And you don't realize you've got heaven and earth sitting on the table. Oh, you see, come on, nudge somebody and say, this is good stuff. (laughs) Abram gave, the tithe gets God, this is on a highlight, the tithe gets God into everything I have and gets me into everything God has and kicks the devil out. It's on the table. Satan ain't on the table. It gets God's hands on and Satan's hands off. The tithe is our covenant Connector. It's the covenant friendship that I demonstrate in the tithe. There's so much which I'm not going to go into now where your treasure is, your heart is. If you handle money, you will have more anointing upon your life. Why? Because everything God has in Christ is made available to us. Everything I have is made available to him. But if I start saying no, then I'm not partaking of what God has given me. You getting anything out of this today? You know, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, you know, the last part of that. For God loves, takes pleasure in prices above other things, and is unwilling to do without or abandon a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. Just the most amazing thing. So, what's the first thing he did? God, sorry, Abram gave. Look at someone say, Abram gave. Abram, Abram gave. gave. What's the second thing? Abram raised his hand. We need to we need to go quickly now. Abram raised his hand. All raise your hand. All raise your hand. Now, what do you think you've done in there? Put your hands down now. Lift it, lift it back up again. You go. Okay. Now put it down again. Lift it back up again. Okay. Half of you stopped on the third time no, I'm not playing this game. I'm not playing this game. There's a preaching there as well, but let's not go there. <laughs> Abram raised his hand. We raise our hands for so many reasons. We raise our hands to celebrate. <laughs> hey, Kermit the Frog. We raise our hands to surrender. Yeah? We raise our hand to volunteer, but scripturally as well, you, may, you raise your hand to make a promise or to declare a, an oath. And in the Bible days, you know, if, if you were to say to me, are you married? I could give you all the technical and the year and on October the 3rd, 1984, I said I did and she did and whatever else, or I can just do that. Yeah? Are you married? See that? Uh, You can see I'm married. You know I'm married now. Yeah? When it was a nice enough thing. It was like, (laughs) are you married? Don't have to say a word. I'm showing you a scar. In the Bible days, that's what raising your hand was all about. Raise my hand. There's a scar. I don't have to say anything. Are you a man who keeps your word? Are you somebody that will do what you do? What you say? Do you love God? Because these were covenant cuts that we're talking about here. Scars were on show. Your scars speak louder than your words sometimes. That's just another thought. It was a a sign of honour. Abram responded by faith that he raised his hand. When he said, I have raised my hand, he was saying, I'm a covenant partner with God. I'm a covenant partner with God. If you say, I've raised my hand to God, you're saying, we're married. We're one. Our lives are intertwined. I'm a friend of God. You can't raise your hand, but I can, because I had a covenant meal with him. He's possessor of heaven and earth. Now I'm possessor of heaven and earth. I've given the tithe. Boom. I'm in this thing. Isn't it great when the Bible says you pray to God with your hands raised? We've got to understand some of this language. It's saying you're not praying as a servant. You're praying as a covenant partner. So powerful. What does it do? When you raise your hand, you're saying, God, I'm standing on your word. I'm putting you in remembrance of your word. I know you'll do what you say. Isn't it interesting? There's a great little verse in the Psalms. You find this all the way through the Bible. So please, this is not a big Bible study, but Psalm 10, verse 12. Arise, O Lord, get up, God. Raise your hand! Why is stretching out God's hand such a powerful thing in the Bible? Its not God doesn't have to do it. He just has to speak. But when he stretches out his hand, he's showing scars. He saying, "I'll do what I say. If I've promised it, the word's going to come to pass. My word will always prosper. Scar! Jesus, you're going to heal? Jesus, you're going to set free? Scars on my hands. Abram, how are you going to prosper? Oh, come on. I thought the place would be jumping and exploding by now. I know I am. How are you going to prosper? I'm a friend of God. I don't care what stocks and shares do, I don't care what the housing market does. I don't care what, if I get the job or don't get the job. The king of Sodom's not my source. The economy's not my source. The job is not my source. Whoever is, who's the chancellor? Uh, Sunash, Richie Sunash is not my source. I've raised my hand to the Lord God, Most High, Possessor of Heaven and Earth, that the company's not going to make me rich. The economy's not going to make me rich. The bank account's not going to make me rich. My education's not going to make me rich. My intellect's not going to make me rich. My parents' inheritance not going to make me rich. I've raised my hand to the Lord God, Almighty, Possessor of Heaven and Earth, and He's given me all things in Christ. I'm a tither. I'm rich. I'm a tither. I'm blessed. I'm a tither. I'm healed. I'm a tither. Either I'm prospered. Raise my hand to the Lord God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Arise, O Lord, lift up your hand. Don't forget those who are struggling. God, you said everything you have belongs to them. They're struggling. Lift up your hand. Remember your promise. Remember what you did at the covenant table. So Abram gave. Abram raised his hand. And lastly today, Abram said, what did he say? I've already quoted it. Nobody is my source of supply but Almighty God. Nobody. God is the one who owns everything. He's given it all to me. I don't need your stuff. I've got everything anyway. He said it. Can I say this? Stop speaking death words and only speak life words. The power of death and life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Psalm 18, 21. Proverbs 18, 21. Out the abundance of your mouth, your heart speaks. You'll give account for every useless word you speak. Idle word, the Amplified says, useless, unproductive, as far as God's concerned. Our words are always productive. They're either productive for my pride, they're productive for Satan, or they're productive for the Holy Ghost. Let's get out the fleshy ones, let's get out the satanic ones, the demonic ones, and let's get in the anointed ones. The ones that, let's give God something to work with. Abram responded by saying, well, if that's all mine, you can have everything I've got. He responded by, ha ha, I've raised my hand. I'm a covenant partner with Almighty God. I know who I am in Christ and I know who He is in me. And he responded by speaking words in direct agreement with what God had just said to him. I'm possessor of heaven and earth. God says, and now are you. And so Abram, the first thing he says, I'm a covenant partner with the possessor of heaven and earth. And he said it and it happened. See, God is the possessor of heaven and earth and is the source of my wealth. That's what Abram said. No one else is going to make me rich or take the glory away from God. My wealth does not depend on anyone Or anything else I've raised my hand I'm a covenant partner of Almighty God when God speaks make sure you give make sure you raise your hand that's me that's my promise that's my God that's my life and make sure you say it out your mouth I believe I received my healing I've got peace in my mind Everything I put my hand to prospers. I'm blessed going in and blessed coming out everywhere I put the sole of my foot, God will give me. God meets all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Whatever I pray in the name of Jesus, I know that he hears me and I know he will give me the petitions that I ask of him. I'm a world overcomer more than a conqueror. This is my faith and it overcomes everything. Who is he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Well that's me, hallelujah, which means I'm a world overcomer more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in me than anything I face in this world. My enemies come against me one way and they flee seven ways. Whatever I put my hand to prospers. I'm blessed in the country, blessed in the city. My kneading bowl is blessed. My storehouse is blessed. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Every sickness and every disease that's not even written in the curse is under the curse. And Christ became the curse for me. I am redeemed, I am set free. I am anointed, I am a child of God. I have the hand of God upon my life in Jesus' name. There are rivers of living water flowing out of my innermost being. I have the mind of Christ, I think the thoughts of God. I have the hand of God in my hand to lay hands on the sick And they recover in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give a shout of praise in this house today. Yes, God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Let's all stand to our feet today and lift your hand to God. Come on, let's declare this, I've raised my hand to God, that God is my supply, spirit, soul, body, finances, socially, nothing else, no one else will take the glory, only my God, the possessor of heaven and earth. that's how faith works that's how faith works we need to close right now or we're going to be going into the second service God bless you have an amazing amazing week